You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, good morning. Welcome uh, all you Westsiders to our fall gathering here. It's our, our harvest gathering. We're going to have a great uh, time of fellowship, encouragement, and uh, we've been in this series uh, entitled Healthy Relationships. And isn't it awesome to be in Southern California enjoying great fellowship, great friendship, and great family with God blessing the... I mean, come on, guys. The weather is incredible in Southern California. God's blessing us. And uh, as a UCLA uh, graduate, I want to give props that we did pack out the Rose Bowl. Thank you, Primetime, for helping sell out the Rose Bowl. But uh, UCLA did take down Colorado. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Nathan, for being my, my football uh, buddy right there. We had a great time. Uh, okay, today, something really special for the West Side Church. Uh, Carrie and I have been here for five years uh, helping serve the church. And this is the first time that um, my son and daughter-in-law have joined us for a worship service. And they recently uh, just... Jasmine just gave birth to my grandson, uh, little Luca Stephen Lounsbury. So I want to welcome them, Kyle and Jasmine. Please stand on up. I want the church to know you guys. Uh, little Luca's right there in the in the baby carriage. But uh, Kyle and Jasmine, they serve the uh, campus ministry. They're the campus ministers down in our Orange County uh, Church of Christ. So we're really grateful just to partner. Love you guys so much. So awesome to be together today. So we're going to dive in today to a lesson about... In the scriptures, this idea of uh, how we treat one another is rich in scripture. And we know that relationships are the essence of life. Being in healthy relationships is why we were created. Being in a healthy relationship with God and one another is essential to a life of fruitfulness and satisfaction and eternity. Amen? We know that. The one and other concept in the scriptures is just just filled, especially in the New Testament. And it comes from this Greek word, elelon, which in English is translated one another or each other. And you will find it a hundred times in the New Testament. Forty-seven of those times, it's directed at each one of us on how we treat each other directly. Interestingly, the Apostle Paul, as he was building the churches in the New Testament used it 60% of the times we see it, the Apostle Paul wrote it, to help the church know how to function and help create an environment amongst the fellowship, amongst the people in the community that would honor God. Now when you look at all these verses, all right, where it says one another, and you might notice them in your Bible study, one another or each other, you'll see that 33% of the time it talks about unity. God is very interested in unity. He talks about be at peace with one another. Don't grumble among one another. Be of one mind and serve one another and accept one another. God is very interested in our connection. We also find that 30% of the lessons about how we are to serve one another and give to each other have everything to do with love, right? We read that over and over in the scriptures. Love one another, right? Serve one another. Love one another. And of course, Jesus himself said, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so as we read the the, the text, you find that God is very interested in how we interact. 
and all the fine-tuning of our interactions, how we treat each other, how we behave among one another. And I could list off, you know, all 47 verses, but I'm just going to read a few and then dive into a couple examples for you. But we read in Romans 12, it says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. In Romans 16, 16, we find this verse, Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, that's kind of cultural. Yeah, Mark, Felice, you don't come up and give me a big kiss on the cheek. I'm not, I'm not looking for that. But it is encouraging when we greet each other culturally in a friendly way, right? That's a very important part of connecting with one another. And it creates an atmosphere of warmth, of affection, of connection amongst each other. I like Ephesians 4 too. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Why do we have to bear with one another? Because we can bug one another. <laughs> Any of you have annoying habits that bug your roommate, bug your spouse, bug your brother or sister? We all do. So the scriptures are clear. Bear with one another. And then I like how the text says, part of loving is encouraging one another and build one another up. So I want to talk practically, and my, my title today is The One and Others, But Make a Love Deposit. And I want to talk about that a little bit, what I mean by that. But I remember years ago, my, my youngest son, Nathan, he was like, hey, Dad, can, you know, can we buy this? Can we buy that? He was always asking if we get some. I said, honey, we don't really have any money. Like, right? And that's a little out of our budget. And he's like, what do you mean? Just get that card that you have. <laughs> That little card you have, it seems to work every time we want to get anything. We just run that thing right through the machine and we get whatever we want. And he just, he told me, he says, when I was younger, I thought that, you know, it was just unlimited. All you needed was that little debit card, right? Now, we all know the debit card's attached to our bank account. And if you don't put deposits of money in the bank account, the debit card won't work. You guys with me? But we all also have... Something called a love bank account towards God and towards other people. And in this bank account of goodwill that exists in our heart towards other people, some of us, unfortunately, it has grown empty, right? Some of us, it's empty uh, because you have a lot of hurts in life. Many things might have happened to make that, uh, that account, that bank account, empty. Now, some of us have not tapped into the unlimited bank account that comes from God, right? He has unlimited love. And if you tap into that bank account, if you open your heart up to that, right, he'll fill it up. In fact, there's a principle that God gives us. If you're giving away his love, your account will not be empty. Now, realistically, we give away his love, but we also give away our own love, all right? Some of us, when we are filled with God, there's a natural positive balance in our account, really for all people. If we feel deeply loved by God, then we're going to have a positive feeling towards people. If we have no other experience with them at all, we're going to generally have a positive bank account if God has filled it up. Now, some of us, we don't. We've been so hurt that our bank account, we, we meet anybody, the bank account is closed, right? Or we're not, we're not receiving, we're not giving. No, nah, it's just shut down. That is normal. That is a lot of how society functions. It's not the way God wants it to function, but it is a reality. However, God, His account can never go to zero. See, He has a bank account for you. 
And you know, his love account, you can keep making withdrawals, but it never goes to zero. That's the message of the cross, right? The message is, my account will never be zero when it comes to you. Sadly, however, we close our account and we don't receive sometimes the love that he wants to give. And so we don't reciprocate it. And I think it's really important for us today to be considering, as we want to live out the one another passages, how's your bank account of love for God? How's your bank account of love for other people? We need to make deposits into one another's love accounts so that we can have the kind of fellowship and life of fruitfulness that God intends. So what does that look like? Okay, What kind of deposits do you need to make? Um, let me tell you what happened last week. I was uh, joining together, really grateful for uh, a couple of the brothers are doing these men's uh, prayer and pancake breakfasts. Yeah. Appreciate that. Zach's been hosting them at his house and we're planning a big one for all the men. We'll be talking more about that as time is coming. But prayer and pancakes. And you know, as a guy, uh, it puts a deposit in my bank account when I get bacon and pancakes and a good hearty breakfast in the morning, right? I, I'm feeling happy. Uh, then being together with the guys, just talk about stuff that we need to talk about, real stuff about our lives. Uh, this past week, I, I love being with Mark, and he, he had to turn on, uh, you know, the game day, college game day, which is about college football. And I love it. He says, we used to always watch this every morning. And I put a little deposit in my bank account toward Mark because I love college football. I thought, that's cool. Little things that you don't even know can make deposits or withdrawals from other people. So we went out last week after the prayer and pancakes time, and uh, we said, all right, let's go out into the, into the, right down by the beach, and let's meet some people. Let's see who we meet and just invite them on out. Let's see, see how that works out. And in, in the process of doing it, we ended up running across this one guy. I was with Big Tall Nick, and I was also with Brian, who, who had gotten baptized the day after that, which is awesome. Uh, these guys are, you know, early 30s, and I, I'm, I'm slightly above that, significantly above that in age. And we ran into a guy who was about their age. I'm not sure if he if he was uh, living like near on the streets at that time. I couldn't quite tell. Uh, there, he had a lot of energy. I, I, I was a little bit like, okay, I'm not sure how to handle this guy. And so we shared our faith. You know, we met we met the guy. He he was uh, talking a lot. He seemed somewhat um, uh, irritable. And I was like, okay, I was a, I, could, I felt a little afraid slightly as we met this guy because I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But we invited him out to church, and I said, hey, do you ever think about God? And he's like, a little, but not that much. And I said, okay, what about Jesus? He said, no, not Jesus. Jesus is a controversial topic. Why do you have to bring that up? And then, uh, and then he started talking some more, and I think big tall Nick, uh, he, he didn't say much at that time. But all of a sudden, the guy we met goes, hey, I'm really connecting with you, the big tall Nick guy. And Brian, but you... The older white guy, I'm not really connected with you. I was like, oh, trying to be like Jesus here. Okay, so I, 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 I throw a second, okay, why is he not connecting? And what I realize is there's spiritual wavelengths going on. And there's fear, and there are judgments that people can perceive and feel about you, or that you feel about them. And people can oftentimes read minor deposits or withdrawals in that love bank based on things you might not even know you're doing, based on your disposition. So I stepped back a a little bit, and I I thought, okay, I don't want that. I think Jesus would make deposits into the account, 
So I kind of redirected the conversation. I listened. I let him talk a lot more. And um, at the end, he, he made a joke and he, he said, hey, your name is Steve and your name is, is Nick. You ever heard of the band Fleetwood Mac? And I said, yeah. He goes, like, you know who the main singer is? I said, Stevie Nicks. He said, that's it, Stevie Nick. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I made a little connection, right? I, I, tried, to, I tried to overcome him, him not feeling the vibe by listening. Now, we invited him out to church. I, I don't think he's here today. I don't see him here. But what I realized from this is that we have to understand that our spirit and our interactions, even on a small level, can make a deposit or withdrawal with other people. It happens all the time. Yeah. And God is calling us, as we love one another, to figure out how to make love deposits into people's bank accounts. Jesus was the ultimate at making those deposits, wasn't he? And we read in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So Jesus has the resources. He's the example of making the deposits. He has an unlimited bank account of love for us, and we simply need to open ourselves up to it and then imitate Him. But I want to talk a little bit about what makes deposits in our accounts. All of us have different things. You've heard maybe of the five love languages, but I want to talk a little bit about sort of our emotional love bank account. And reading a book some time ago as we helped minister to married couples was a book called His Needs, Her Needs. And it talked about our emotional needs. And when they get met, we have emotional positivity and strong feelings of encouragement toward the person that is meeting those needs. One of them is simply affection, right? Some of us like, like affection. We all hold hands. I tend to be, I like to hold hands with my wife. I'll, I, you know, occasionally I'll, I, I'll give you a hug when I see you. I like, I like that closeness. I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. Uh, that's a positive thing for me. Some people it's not, right? It, they, they don't want that. They're like, hey, don't, don't touch me, right? I had a friend of mine. You couldn't touch him at all. He'd hit you if you touched him at all. You should hug him. you like, what are you doing? You know? Some people are like that. That's not their love language. That's not their emotional need. You know, for my wife, what I realized, one of her main love languages was openness and honesty. She wants, she, my wife is a straight shooter. She tells the truth. A lot of us, we all like it when people tell us the truth, or some of us may not. But deep down, it's good for you, right? She likes it when you just tell the truth. Even if the truth is painful or hurts. And a huge change was made in our marriage early on. When I finally just decided, whenever I felt something strongly, I would pull her aside privately and just tell her exactly how I felt, good, bad, or ugly. And what that did is it made her trust me more. Because she knew I, I wasn't acting like I'm happy. If I was happy, I told her I'm happy. If I'm mad, I told her I was mad. In a, in a private way, in a respectful way, but I told her. And it built a trust between us. That was her love language. That was her emotional need. Some of us need intimate conversation, right? We like to talk. Right, she sent me a, a video of, um, sadly, of of uh, a, a guy at home, and uh, when his wife got it, got home, you know, he just started telling her all the things he'd learned about everything, every sport he ever heard of, 
And what's so funny is I'm, I'm, I'll read the sports pages and I'll often talk to Kara and say, honey, let me tell you what's going on lately. You, you won't believe how they've changed the NBA. There's this new tournament this year in the NBA. It's the in-season tournament cup. And she's like, uh-huh, and she's listening. And she always listens to me, right? She, I have a need to talk and share my thoughts and feelings. Anybody ever relate to that a little bit? Any of you like to talk and have somebody listen to your thoughts and feelings? I hear some of the ladies on the phone for hours talking and sharing those thoughts, all right? Because it is an emotional need. We need that from each other, right? We need somebody to talk to, somebody to connect with, somebody that we can feel like we can be completely vulnerable. But having deep talks is an emotional need for many, many people. You know, financial support, certainly in a, in a marriage, it's nice to have security if you have financial support. That's an emotional need, right? In, in a marriage or in a family, domestic support, somebody to help you with the home, right? Certainly... How about parenting? Knowing that you have help in that side of life, that's an emotional need. Now, here's another big one. Here's another big emotional need for me, and it's one that a lot of us have. You probably have it. And it's one almost all of us can take advantage of to put a a little bank account of love into our friends or our spouse. And that's recreational companionship. What does that mean? If you like to have fun doing something, it's awesome to do it with somebody else. And when you do it with them, it builds a bond, right? It helps connect you. Uh, our campus minister, Ben, and I, uh, we, what we do once a week or almost once a week when we gather for, for talking about ministry concerns is I've taken up surfing in the last couple of years, and Ben's an expert surfer, so we go surfing, right? And we're out there in Malibu. We're like, hey, Ben, we're working right now. This is our job. We're, we're out surfing. And it was a connected time. We did do ministry work, talking about the health of the ministry, the things that need to happen with the, the college ministry. But we bond and you connect through recreational events that you do together. Last week, I was really grateful that Carrie and I, we went out and we played tennis. All right, We found some time, and her and I played a game of tennis. All right, And it was very competitive, which I'm a competitive guy. So I liked that she beat me a few games, and it was... It was right there. I was like, this is good. She's, she's taking me out. And, and I didn't mind losing a few games as long as I won a few games as well. But that bonds you together, right? That's a deposit. It's a deposit into the account of love. The sad thing is many of us have something that these books talk about called love busters. What are love busters? Love busters are withdrawals from your bank account of love toward people. You know, the guy that I had just met briefly, I did a little withdrawal just because I, I was coming on strong about Jesus. And, and maybe he felt I'm the older guy. And I was like, you guys should come to church. And how come you don't believe in Jesus? And I, I became a little bit like, what? You don't believe in Jesus? Let me show you why you should. But sometimes that's not the right approach. right? There was a small little withdrawal about the way I was approaching it. We have to notice those withdrawals. Especially towards one another here in the congregation, but certainly also within the community as we uh, try to make a difference in the community. So, what are some of them? Let me let me list a couple. You think about for you what are the withdrawals that you think maybe hurt you the most? One is disrespectful judgments, right? This guy that I met, he might have felt for me a disrespectful judgment because I was like, "What? You don't believe in Jesus? You ought to, you know," and and he ought to. But he don't need to maybe hear that from me until he understands the love, right? right? Until he understands it, and that is right, but let the Holy Spirit teach him that, right? How we come across makes a tremendous difference. Some of us, our, our, our withdrawal mechanism is 
we, we can do this to people. We have unrelenting standards, right? We have super high expectations, so high, nobody can live into them. And that makes a withdrawal on other people. If your expectations are simply unrealistic, it hurts them. And then if you feel disrespected, if somebody treats you in a demeaning way, what, what typically happens? You get mad, right? And what happens when you get mad? What do you guys do? When you get really mad, Oscar, what happens when you get really mad? It could be ugly, right? It could be ugly. We lash out oftentimes. And one of the worst things we can do when we get mad is we lash out with hurtful words. Because we want to defend ourselves. We all feel it. How dare you disrespect me? I'm a man. You can't disrespect me. I'm a woman. You can't disrespect me. I mean, both sides. We feel that. And we want to lash out. And yet lashing out with our words is a huge withdrawal of love from people. You've got to figure out for you, where do you have to maybe stop making withdrawals from those you love? And where do you got to start making more deposits? Ultimately, Jesus is the reservoir of unlimited resource of love. Remember at the cross what he said? He said, forgive them. They know not what they do. These are the people crucifying him. Leading him to the crucifixion. Hurting him. And yet his reservoir of love was so infinite that he could say, forgive them. They know not what they do. Emotionally, we're not that good, right? When we get hit, we're down, we're mad. It's so hard. But the cross gives us the ability. So today, as you think about living out these one another scriptures, there's so many in the text as you read about how we interact with each other. I want you to think about making love deposits and preventing withdrawals from those you love. And allowing the infinite deposit of God's love to enter into your life by looking at what Jesus has done for us. You guys with me? Where are you at today? So I want you to answer the question, is God filling your bank account of love? Why or why not? Are you letting him fill it up? And two, to whom and how can you make more love deposits and stop making withdrawals? Amen? Amen. Let's go to God right now in prayer as we reflect on these questions and thank him for him giving his life for us at the cross, right? Sacrificing his, his physical body, shedding his blood, saying, here's an infinite deposit of love that will never run out. Please pass it on. Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this privilege of being here right now to study your word, to think about the one another scriptures, and to consider the infinite love that you make available to us. May we be able to give that out. Practically, Lord, help us as we reflect on Jesus' example. Help us to really love those near us, and those far from us, to make deposits, not withdrawals of love. Lord, thank you so much for your son giving his very body and blood so that we can be filled with your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.